The following presentation of Walking Through the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions is from a previous broadcast and is a production of Take 12 Recovery Radio. Some portions of this show may have included promotions or giveaways that were time-sensitive and may no longer be applicable. To listen and download more of Walking Through the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions, visit our website at take12radio.com and click on Recovery Workshops. I've got to give it up. The views expressed on this episode of Walking Through the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions with Chris Schroeder do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or our affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Now here's those two guys who investigate prior to contempt, Chris and the Monty Man. Well, greetings everyone and welcome to another fine episode of Walking Through the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions with Chris Schroeder, who is on the phone as I speak. Hey Chris. Hey Monty, how's it going? It's going great. It was so good to see you uh, last week. At Serenity Springs Recovery Center uh, in uh, Edgewater, Florida, what what fun that was! Uh, and that you... was great. That was great. I, you know, I, I'm really impressed with that place. And you know, I'm sorry I missed Core. I know you went over over to to the to the Cork uh, uh, Symposium, and that, I hear that was really great. But you know, it was good uh, spending those few days down there with you. Yeah, it, it was excellent. And and, and uh, they're right. Um, when they say that if if you ever decide to do another profession, you ought to be a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they kept telling me. I know. I, I was listen. I was I was overly enthusiastic. I think that was my problem. Oh, it was wonderful. It it was absolutely wonderful. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, this week we are on tradition nine in the book, the twelve steps and twelve traditions, uh, AA conference approved literature. Um, you, you, how do you want to start out uh, this week's show, buddy? Well, you know, this this tradition is really on organization and what is appropriate uh, organization. You know, early on they realized that, man, the personalities, the personalities in the early uh, uh, early fellowship groups, Monty, were really extravagant. You know, so many people <laughs> were pieces of work. And Bill Wilson, Bill Wilson knew that there had to be some kind of organization but it has to be as minimal as possible because these people will self-destruct. If someone if someone thinks they're in charge, or, or somebody thinks that they're the police, or somebody thinks that you know they're the quality control committee or something, you know it's it's gonna it's just gonna be a, a harmful thing to the fellowship as a whole. He knew how fragile it was, and also he was very wise. He understood that the least possible organization would be necessary. However, organization must must happen. You know, in the early days, the, the, the Alcoholic Foundation would get a lot of letters. People would read some of the media articles on Alcoholics Anonymous, and they would write in, like, you know, my uncle Harry is an alcoholic. How can I help him? And, and there, there was a lot of 
lot of letters that had to be answered. Uh, that that was probably the most draining uh, on on resources uh, at the New York office. So that they learned that they 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 had to they had to form uh, regional offices because uh, mm-hmm. they couldn't handle the world's uh, letters after a while. You know, they knew that they had to break this up into into areas, and 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 all this took a. a took the form of uh, certain types of organizations. And one of the things that we've mentioned repeatedly here, Monty, is about best practices and how how the traditions really are uh, best practices built off of experience. And uh, and and so learn that the more you more you uh, organize, the the crazier it will be. There's been there's been uh, instances in the past where there's like some power driver, some really really charismatic, power-driven individual who like puts a gigantic structure together and complicates it and complicates it, and all of a sudden it, it just it explodes uh, because because of the the complicated the more you more you complicate it. The more moving pieces, you know, have to all be working in concert with each other, and uh, and so this basically this tradition, tradition nine, is, is on, you know, what is what is appropriate, what what is the best uh, uh, the best way to do this. Yeah, you know, Monty, have you ever been involved in some of the some of the uh, support group uh, business meetings and you know where they're where they're trying to they're trying to work out things uh, they can they they can be. Uh, they can be tricky, can't they? Uh, they? They can be tricky. They can be a lot. They can be funny. They can be tragic. Um, yeah. You know, what I have found to be true, though, and, and I'm not sure why this is. Um, maybe it's just because of the way my brain works. Um, I I have found, for the most part, business meetings don't bother me. I, I mean, a lot of people say, I'm not going to go to those things. They're always fighting and all this. And, and I'm thinking... You know, it doesn't really bother me that much. I, I, I kind of enjoy it. Maybe I'm real sick that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, uh, in the early days, in the early days, I think uh, some of those business meetings messed me up. Uh, you know, I would grow, I would grow resentful uh, because I would take one side or the other. Uh, today, I truly believe that you know God expresses Himself in the group conscience as long as the group conscience is made up of informed, experienced members. You know, every, every every once in a while, you'll you'll be you'll be in a you'll be in a business meeting, and there'll be people who really think they're informed and think they're experienced, but uh, really aren't. And that's the only time where it can be uh, it can be problematic, uh, where where the group conscience can can be skewed when they're not informed or experienced. And that, you know, when you have when you have a group conscious built up of people who've had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps, there's rarely a problem. You know? Right, right, right. And you can, you can you can usually find out uh, where a group is is headed if you go to a business meeting. You can kind of see what if they're on the same page or not. Let me let me ask you this. Before you actually read step nine, the, the very first phrase in here is AA as such ought never be organized. When, when I was first uh, involved in, in recovery, that statement really confused me because everything about my life was so unorganized and was so uh, fragmented and, and, and everything. I thought, my gosh, don't we want to be organized? Yeah, you, you know, uh, I think... I think we uh, we have a default setting where you know we're we're very controlling type of people. We 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 want to sometimes 
micromanaged yeah. things, and that, and, that, and that comes out of our comes out of our self centered fear, you know, especially in like, like uh, an unrecovered state. You know, however, the the entity of Alcoholics Anonymous or any other healthy twelve step organization, there the the entity itself can be a healthy organism if it's fed right. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. and, and 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 part of part of feeding it right is is uh, is to keep it spiritual, and and to understand that it's a spiritual program. It's not a mechanical one. It's a it's a uh, a twelve step spiritual fellowship. It's not uh, a, a, a patriarchal or or you know uh, hierarchical organization. Uh, no, no, it's it's classless. In other words. Um, the higher up you're, supposedly the higher up you go in the structure, uh, you know, you go from, uh, say, a, 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 say a group representative to, to a, a district representative to an area representative to a trustee, you know, uh, all, all the way up to delegate, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Supposedly the higher, supposedly the higher up, uh, the less uh, authority you have. You, you, you're, you're beholden to more people. The higher up you go, and you know, I'm not. I'm, I don't say that I buy completely into that propaganda myself. I think, <laughs> I think a lot. A lot of people want to, you know, want to climb their way up, not climb their way down. But uh, but when you talk about the theory, you talk about the theory of the structure. Uh, it's an upside down pyramid with uh, with the group at the top uh, going all the way down to the to the board members at the bottom of the pyramid, re- responsible to the groups at the top. And again, I'm not naive enough to believe 100% that propaganda. I, you know, I know enough of what's going on in, uh, in, New, in the New York offices right. know that they're not responsive to groups. Uh, some of the, in some things they are. In, uh, in most things, uh, they're very closed door and, and very protective of, you know, uh, of their processes. But uh, but in theory, you know, it's it's a it's it's really kind of neat. Sure. So all right, let's get started. Let's start reading Tradition Nine. AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. When Tradition Nine was first written, it said that Alcoholics Anonymous needs the least possible organization. In years since then, we have changed our minds about that. Today, we are able to say with assurance that Alcoholics Anonymous, AA as a whole, should never be organized at all. Then, in seeming contradiction, we proceed to create special service boards and committees, which in themselves are organized. How, then, can we have an unorganized movement which can and does create service organization for itself? Scanning this puzzle where people say, what do they mean, no organization? Well, let's see. Did anyone ever hear of a nation, a church, a political party, even a benevolent association that had no membership rules? Did anyone ever hear of a society which couldn't somehow discipline its members and enforce obedience to necessary rules and regulations? Doesn't nearly every society on earth give authority to some of its members to impose obedience upon the rest or to punish or expel offenders? Therefore, every nation, in fact, every form of society has to be a government administered by human beings. Power to direct or govern is the essence of organization everywhere. Yet, Alcoholics Anonymous is an exception. It does not conform to this pattern. Neither its General Service Conference, its Foundation Board, nor the humblest group committee can issue a single directive to an AA member and make it stick, let alone mete out any punishment. 
We've tried it lots of times, but other failure is always the result. Groups have tried to expel members, but the banishment, banished have come back to sit in the meeting place saying, this is life for us, you can't keep us out. Committees have instructed many in AA to stop working on a chronic backslider, only to be told, how I do my 12-step work is my business, who are you to judge? This doesn't mean an AA won't take advice or suggestions from more experienced members, but he surely won't take orders. Who is more unpopular than the old-time AA, full of wisdom, who moves to another area and tries to tell the group there how to run its business? <laughs> Ian Olykin, who view with alarm for the good of AA, meet the most stubborn resistance or worse still, laughter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Bill, Bill is so wise. This is a beautifully written uh, written tradition. It's basically talking about how uh, how AAs can hold together without hierarchical uh, or, or dictatorial organization. You know, uh, it is a spiritual body, and and as such, he's basically saying God is responsible for its health. I think what we what we can do, you know, we can do in organizations like this to ensure that uh, that that health is to have an experience with the recovery process, and and if the individual is working uh, to live life along spiritual lines and seek uh, seek guidance from a power greater than themselves, then then those people in a, in a group or a fellowship. Uh, are gonna are gonna be in the midst of something that that basically stays healthy because there's no, there's no there's no agendas except for uh, spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is the agenda. You know, survival from alcoholism and spiritual growth is the agenda. So as long as there isn't you know power, money, prestige, uh, uh, as long as that can't really play a role, then uh, then you know there's there's nothing to fight for. There's there's nothing to there's nothing to try to take control of, you know what I mean? Right. It, it is. It is kind of brilliant the way uh, the way it was uh, it was put together, and uh, you know I think I think a lot of the traditions were in reaction to the problems uh, Bill had with Cleveland and and some of the people coming out of Akron. Uh, you know I I really think, and this is just an opinion. I really think that Bill built some of these steps uh, 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 to protect against. Some of uh, the things that were going on uh, out in the Midwest that he that he found you know uh, objectionable, you know things like what Clarence Snyder was doing mm-hmm. and, uh, and and some of the other members, he really wanted to kind of protect AA against the the uh, the power driven charismatic, you know what I mean? Yeah, and what it wasn't really the the truth of the matter is wasn't there a lot of opposition to even have these things published? Yes. Yes, the, the people the people who were doing things differently than these traditions suggest you should do them had a big problem. Yeah. You know, uh, mo- most of the Akron and Cleveland group did not did not want uh, these traditions. It's funny though. It's funny though. It, you know, they they uh, they basically uh, were voted in unanimously, and and I believe that the reason why they were voted in unanimously was because Bill Wilson stumped the country. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> lobbying, lobbying for 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 the necess- their necessity, and uh, you know, I, I believe at the at, at the final call, uh, Doctor Bob uh, basically came on board and said, you know, Bill, if you want them that much, you know, let's go, let's go ahead and do it, you know. But I think his keep it simple speech, the last speech he ever made, 
right. uh, was uh, was was aimed kind of at Bill Wilson, you know, with the twelve traditions, and he had already started working on the twelve concepts. So Dr. Bob got a little paranoid about uh, thinking that Bill Wilson might, you know, uh, might overstructure this thing that that that. Uh, they kept very very simple in uh, in the Akron area. But again, you know, that's that's an opinion based on some historical you know study. Sure, uh, it's not a, it's not an uninformed opinion. But uh, but again, I, I can't go into uh, go into the heads of the people. They're all all right. the original original members are dead now. Well, let me let me make a, never let, know. let me ask you a question in in. Um, Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll get in trouble with this, but do you th- sometimes when I read the traditions, uh, I almost think, and not that I that I'm in disagreement with them, but but I almost think that Bill may have written these out of fear. Uh, I think one. I think one motivator, certainly one motivator, was to keep his baby, you know, safe yeah. and protected. But I think I think some of the other motivation was, uh, believe it or not, to make sure that no one could ever become a bigger guy than Bill. Mm. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, let's stay humble. Let's stay anonymous. I mean, I mean, you look at it, you look at a lot of these traditions, and a lot of these traditions are about, you know, keep keeping uh, keeping uh, people right size. Yeah, that's true. And you can, you know, that that can be because you you need to remain humble to to remain spiritual. But it it also could have been, you know, to keep the Clarence Snyders down. You, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. And I think you, it, you should you should talk to Dick B about that. I bet I bet you he would have. You know, there's, there's very few people that have researched uh, the early days more than he has. I bet you he has some opinions on that. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's interesting to me um, that the these traditions, God will work stuff out even in our worst moments. The things that we create as human beings to be that can be motivated by selfishness and self-centeredness and and just on paper look like this will never work. God can turn it around and make it so useful and and so beneficial because let's face it I think these traditions in many ways have saved our bacon yeah oh uh, I would say you know I, I, I would say they, they also protect us against you know the people out uh, you know they protect against the people outside of these fellowships also you know the fellowships that adopt these traditions um, sure you know, uh, you can have a lot of criticism leveled at you, but if but if you if you take no side of any issues, it, you know, if you if you do not respond to any controversy, if you just want to, you know, uh, mind your own business, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and, and it's very hard to get attacked. It is, you know, <laughs> and, and so uh, so I think Bill recognized that he didn't want the medical community or the religious community to attack us. So he was very careful in the writing of the big book to uh, be inclusive of uh, of of their realms of authority. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, again, he, he he was safeguarding with all of his might. He was safeguarding this thing called Alcoholics Anonymous. I think one for you know his posterity. I think the other was for his protection because 
he knew he needed to live a spiritual life. He knew he knew he needed to have alcoholics to talk to a lot sure. for him to stay sober because he was a critical low bottom alcoholic. Yeah, you know, Bill was Bill was as bad as, as bad as they get as they get. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, he he uh, he really was. He was a, a super piece of work. Uh, you might think uh, that A's headquarters in New York would be an exception. Surely people there would have to have some authority. But long ago, trustees and staff members alike found they could do more, no more than make suggestions and very mild ones at that. They even had to coin a couple of sentences which still go into half the letters they write. And this is a quote, Of course you are a perfect liberty to handle this matter any way you please, but the majority experience in AA does seem to suggest and that's, Monty, that's really a wonderful <laughs> way to put it. Now, that attitude is far removed from central government, isn't it? We recognize that alcoholics can't be dictated to individually or collectively. Oh, so we have to trick them. <laughs> we, you know, we, we have to basically say, you know, do what you want. But yeah. when I did what you were doing, you know, I shot yeah. myself in the foot. Yeah, right, right. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. But, but God bless you, you know, if you need to learn your own way. Yeah, and how's that working for you? Yeah, you bet. At this juncture, we can hear a churchman exclaim, they are making disobedience a virtue. He is joined by a psychiatrist who says, defiant brats, they won't grow up and conform to social usage. The man in the street says, I don't understand that they must be nuts. But all these observers have overlooked something unique in Alcoholics Anonymous. Unless each AA member follows to the best of his ability our suggested 12 steps to recovery, he almost certainly signs his own death warrant. His drunkenness and disillusion are not penalties inflicted by people in authority, Monty. They result in, in their personal disobedience to spiritual principles. One of my favorites wow. in any of this literature. And I want to go back over this again. He's basically saying you don't have to keep people in line. You don't have to police these people. Alcohol polices these people. Because unless each AA member follows to the best of their ability the suggested 12 steps to recovery, in other words, they gain a recovery experience through the practice and actual working of the 12 steps, they're almost certainly going to sign their own death warrant. If you do not apply the 12 steps to the best of your ability, you are making a decision to drink. You may not think you are, but mm -hmm. you are. You are. You know, do not be surprised if somebody shows back up in, in, in a fellowship group raising their hands and saying, Oh, I relapsed, I relapsed, I used, or I drank. Well, you know, did you practice to the best of your ability the 12 steps? Well, no. Okay, well, then you were supposed to drink. You were supposed to use. And again, the drunkenness and the disillusion are not penalties inflicted by people in authority. They result from personal disobedience to spiritual principles. You know, Bill says this 35 places between the big book and the 12 and 12 Monty. Uh, our job is to practice spiritual principles to to the best of our ability. Amen. The same stern threat applies to the group itself. Unless there is an approximate conformity to AA's 12 traditions, the group, too, can deteriorate and die. So we have a AA do obey spiritual principles first because we must, and ultimately because we love the kind of life such obedience brings. Great suffering and great love are AA's disciplinarians. We need no other. And isn't that a great, a great thing? Great yeah. suffering and great love 
RAA's disciplinarians. We need no others. It is clear now that we ought never to name boards to govern us, but it is equally clear that we shall always need to authorize workers to serve us. It is the difference between the spirit of vested authority and the spirit of service, two concepts which are sometimes pulled apart. It is in this spirit of service that we elect AA's group's informal rotating committee. The intergroup associated for the area and the general service conferences of Alcoholics Anonymous for AA as a whole. Even our foundation, once an independent board, is today directly accountable to our fellowship. Its trustees are caretakers and expediters of our world services. Again, I think it's really important, Monty, to, to be informed about these particular traditions. You know, one of the things that you see quite often uh, is in a fellowship group, in a support group, you'll see somebody who becomes the, the leader or, or the chairperson or whatever, and they hold on to that for years. Yeah. And and people people don't want to people don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. People don't want to like like have a hostile takeover and vote somebody out. You know, who really really wants to to, to be in that position. But what they need is need to understand is the rotating committee. The rotating commitment is what is uh, is is what is the best practice. That's what we've found to work the best. You know, somebody that wants to hold on to the chairmanship. I've seen, I've, I've you know, I've seen it happen in, in different, in uh, in different organizations where you know they they just they they're there for ten years. You know, this is my meeting. And, and right. That's that's so wrong. That is so wrong when that happens. And again, uh, you know, sometimes we probably should stand up and say, look, this isn't the right way to do it. Uh, but you know, nobody nobody wants to. Uh, you know, nobody wants to make anybody feel bad, I suppose. Well, you know, it's, so. it, it is so uh, – Brent and I were uh, – and listeners, for just for your benefit, Brent – when I speak of Brent, he's one of our board members. Brent and I were talking about the parallels and the similarities between uh, – we were talking about eating habits, for instance, uh, between that and recovery uh, from drugs and alcohol. Uh, the parallels between um, the political climate of the day and uh, 12-step meetings, for instance. You know, we don't have time to have career politicians in Alcoholics Anonymous. Sorry, folks. We just don't. Um, yeah. we, we are seeing what that does to people. And it it is deadly. Because at the very least, if you affect no one else, you are going to burn out and the uh, it, it is almost guaranteed that you're going to fall back into some sort of old behavior that was seeking to kill you. Yes. Yes, no doubt. Yeah. And, and again, uh, our conduct is so, so important. For, for re- recovered and recovering, uh, the recovered would be the person who's had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. The recovering is somebody who hasn't yet. Uh, uh, for the recovered and the recovering, our conduct is so important. It's so important. It can mean the difference between uh, you know staying the course and falling and, and falling backwards. Uh, you know, I, I'm surrounded almost almost constantly, Monty, with uh, families and pe- people. You know, I, I, I'm I'm doing uh, you know treatment placement, sometimes two three people a week. Uh, because families reach out to me and they know they know that I have a wealth of uh, knowledge and experience with with uh, tons and tons of different you know treatment centers, recovery centers, halfway houses, you know every place you can imagine. 
and and I can help them find the right place the first time. But you know, I'm constantly surrounded with with people, and you know, I see just how devastating this illness is. I you know, I see just how important it is to stay in the center, to continue to work the you know a program of of, uh, of recovery, so that you know you're safe and protected, and you're not gonna end up back there because I see every day I see the effects of, of addiction and alcoholism, the devastating damage. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sobering. Right. Oh yeah. You bet. You know what I mean? Just as the aim of each AA member is personal sobriety. The aim of our services is to bring sobriety within reach of all who want it. If nobody does the group's chores, if the area's telephone rings unanswered, if we do not reply to our mail, then AA as we know it would stop. Our communication lines with those who need our help would be broken. AA has to function, but at the same time it must avoid those dangers of great wealth, prestige, and entrenched power, which necessarily tempt other societies. Though through Tradition 9 at first sight seems to deal with the purely practical matter, in its actual operation it discloses a society without organization, animated only by the spirit of service, a true fellowship. And incredibly wise men uh, assemble that structure and there are there are some there are some organizations that should be paying attention to it uh, you know uh, not that I know a lot about this money but let's let's just use another organization as an example Scientology Scientology is get getting its butt kicked yeah I've uh, noticed. <laughs> these days in the media for different things it has a lot to do I think with with the personalities in the hierarchy, uh, a lot of a lot of criticism can get leveled at different organizations when somebody maybe steps out a little too far uh, uh, to the left or to the right, uh, mm-hmm. where you know people think that they should be, and it can affect the entire organization. It can affect the membership levels, like one person. And I think I think Bill was was very paranoid about that. He certainly didn't want somebody rising to the top to become the president, you know, who does, who gets drunk and then, you know, makes the entire organization look ineffectual. You know, he was, he was, he was very careful about trying to protect, protect us against, uh, you know, protect, protect the society from itself. Let's put it that way. And wasn't there a statement at one point uh, that somebody made about if this thing doesn't work, it's going to because of, of what happens from within? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's been uh, that's been said many times by many different people. It yeah, can happen from within. You know, listen, it can happen from without too. I mean, sure. You know, who knows? Who knows what uh, what enemies at the gate? You know, what kind of enemies at the gate you're going to find one day. But uh, but one of the things that he wants to do is he he doesn't want it being blown up from the inside, and he put a lot of protective safeguards around it because of uh, because of that that visionary uh, you know image of uh, of what possibly could happen. You know, there's a, there's a number of other uh, books that have a, a lot about you know the traditions, uh, uh, and and there's been a lot of biographies and things that kind of talk talk to. Uh, Bill's personality and Bill's uh, uh, wishes and desires around around the time of uh, the writing of uh, of this twelve and twelve. So, I I, I was um, I I was a member of uh, a a different twelve uh, step fellowship, a mainstream one, uh, many 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 years ago, 
and I was elected to the position of what they called the area service representative um, for that organization. It's changed its title now a couple of times. Um, I guess you could call it in AA. You might call it a a, a, a district rep. Um, and I, I will never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget uh, coming back from a service. Uh, convention with information to bring to the district and or to the area rather Um, it wasn't my opinion I didn't necessarily agree or disagree uh, on the issues Uh, my job was to bring the information back present it to the area the area uh, which was made up of all the, the GSRs they would take it to their meetings and then the meetings would have a vote. Um, and so I did. I just did my job. You know, you would have thought that I was a witch at the Salem witch burnings. <laughs> they came after me with a gusto. And I'm like, you guys, I'm just bringing you the information. I'm going to tell you, sometimes we want to kill the messenger, right? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you would probably find if you if you took a t- poll, you would probably find that most of the people that were upset at you have never been through the steps. And You're right. They're, they're just they're fellowshipping and they're meeting attending, and they're not even taking care of their their real uh, their real addictive illness. And, and this brings me to to this to this uh, observation and concern. Uh, you know as well as I do, as well as many of the listeners uh, that have uh, commented and been part of this show and, and the other shows on Take 12 Radio, excuse me, <clears throat> that, um, that there is just an enormous amount of people within our 12-step fellowships today that aren't applying the principles of these 12 steps because they haven't worked and they haven't been taken through them. If they have, many of times their sponsors or their spiritual advisors or whatever title you want to give them haven't either or they've only been through part of it. And so we have a lot of people getting elected to a lot of service positions who really haven't had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. Oh, I so agree. Oh, I so agree. And what a mess! Uh, yes, that, ha- that happens in every twelve-step uh, uh, fellowship there is. And, and what a mess that causes! Because everything we're talking about, the spiritual principles that are behind these traditions, aren't getting followed. They're not being adhered to. Uh, they're not even taking suggestions from them. And you've got all sorts of different groups going in different directions and, and, and different specialty groups. I mean, there's groups for people that, that pick their nose too much. I mean, I, it, it just so, blows my mind. Personally, I believe the right way is you know, the three legacies. Uh, uh, unity, recovery, service. That, those are the three legacies. Unity, that means meetings. Meetings are going to be the first thing for most people. Most people are going to be exposed to their recovery fellowship and 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 processes uh, by going to meetings first. That's the way yeah. it is these days. So so unity, recovery, recovery should be next. As soon as you get into the meetings, you should you should uh, you should be uh, uh, 
the going through the steps, actually taking the 12 steps. And then having had a spiritual awakening as a result of those steps, it's now time to carry that awakened spirit out into service. If you're, if you haven't made all your amends, if you don't have a prayer, meditation, discipline, and you're out there being of service, uh, you know, let me just put it this, this way. You, you know, you've got damaged service skills. Okay. You're, you're not, you know, you're, you're not carrying the message. You're carrying the problem around. And you may, you may stay sober or you may stay clean. Uh, but you're probably more dangerous than you are helpful. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the that's the way I feel because if you're going to carry the message, what is the message? The message is I have had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. That's what the message is. If you're out there doing service and you got no message, what are you going to be telling people to do? It, you're, it's going to be frothy emotional appeal. It's going to be, hey, why don't you just not drink? Oh, that's helpful. You know. Yeah, that's helpful. I'm an alcoholic and I'm powerless, uh, and you're telling me to have power. Oh, that's very helpful. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's not the kind of service we need. Right. You know, Monty? Yeah. No one needs that. So, so again, what, we, what, what, what is needed in all 12-step fellowships is, is informed, experienced members, and good sponsorship or mentorship is going to help with that, you know? You got to take responsibilities for the people that are under your flag. If they ask you to sponsor them, you know, then then what you ha- what you're agreeing to when you're saying yes is taking them through the steps. If you're not doing that, you're a meathead and you're dangerous. I, I love it. I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna clip that soundbite out and put it in between some of our music sets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next week we are going to be. Uh, Unfolding, unpacking, as Dr. Berger would say, Tradition 10, which reads, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. I've got a song by uh, recovery recording artist Michael Purrington. I want to play when we do that song, when we do that show next week uh, called Outside Issues. It's hilarious. Um, Let's do that. Absolutely. This is going to be a fun show because when I say when I see alcoholics anonymous is no opinion on outside issues, that raises all sorts of weird stuff with people. And uh, what we have to remember when we're reading these traditions, uh, listeners, and these steps and, and all the the literature, is to actually read what it says. In this case, it says alcoholics anonymous, the organization. Has no opinion on outside issues, and we'll talk about more of that n- next week. But um, it, 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 it'll be a lot of fun. Chris, thank you so much, my friend. You got it, Monty. Looking forward to next week. All right, folks, don't forget our email: take twelve radio at comcast.net. You can also go to walking through the big book link uh, right here at take twelve radio and walk through the big book with uh, Chris Schroeder. Until our next broadcast, this is the Multi Man along with Chris Schroeder, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye bye. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.